Oh, we've only got nine hours left to record, so better, better make it a snappy Ooh. one. Ladies and gentlemen. to publish, perish or podcast your opportunity to look behind the scenes of science to see if science gets car sick. I'm Andy Stapleton and joining me today are Cameron Shearer. Hello Andy. The reason I pause is because I wrote your names down a different way and Christopher Gibson. Namaste BA, namaste Cameron Shearer. Hello. Yeah, No no, no nicknames today. No, no, look. What's going on? I I just want you guys to know. Yeah. That you're more to me than nicknames. Oh. You're a face that I look at nearly every week as well. Yeah. 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 You're more. Okay. And that's, so you, um, by saying your names. That's, yeah. That's how you get that across. That's how, yeah. Okay. Thank you're you. You're welcome. Thank you, BA. You're you are welcome. a nickname to me, okay. but it's a term of affection. <laughs> oh, okay. That's good. Um, all right. Do you get car sick, Gibber? I used to when I was a child, but now I'm a man. I don't. Is it because you just drive everywhere? <laughs> it's because I'm the one. No, I do drive. I yeah. drive quite a bit. Although when when it's me and Joyce driving, like we usually take the Mitsubishi, which is her car, so yeah. she drives. Okay. Does that? But that doesn't make you feel sick. No, not at all. Not at all. Does it make you feel like a man sitting in the passenger seat? Yeah. Um, it makes me feel like a star. Being, show- <laughs> being chauffeured around. It's amazing. You don't think about getting in the back seat? I can't. The kids are in the back seat no, with all their no. junk. So there's, no, there's absolutely <laughs> there's no, no room for me. Yeah, yeah. right. Shmoopy. Sometimes. Yeah. Yes. So not in a car, but in the bus in particular. Yeah. Um, I need to look up. I can't look down while I'm on the bus. Oh, okay. Or else I start uh, not, feeling sick. When you said up. Uh, sorry, yeah. I, uh, forwards. Yeah. I look forwards. <laughs> I've got to stare at <laughs> the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> really? That That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, bus rides, you, you think... Oh, bus rides, I can do work. Yeah, no, can't nah. can't do work because I can't look down. Bus yep. rides, I can watch a TV show. No, nah, get nah, sick. Nah. So I uh, listen to a podcast and stare forwards. Mm, right. Okay. Very good, very good. Yeah. Andy? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, like Same. a mofo. You're a, you're a car sick guy. Yeah, yeah. So, In cars as yeah. well? Okay. So when Kate and I drove around New Zealand, if I wasn't driving, we had to pull over every so often. Kate gets quite motion sick as well. So <laughs> New Zealand was a nightmare for us. Like every 20 minutes, we're like, oh, okay, pull over. Like it's so windy <laughs> yeah. in New Zealand. You're just like, oh, my turn. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like I remember being brilliant. stood at some beautiful scenery. Kate's going, look at the view. And I'm just like, <sighs> <laughs> do you, do you get to the point where you actually you actually vomit? Uh, boat, yeah, so on a boat, definitely. Oh wow! Yeah, motion sick on a boat. Like, uh, so uh, Kate and I went scuba diving, and I had to time my dives in between voms. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, so you would be down the water, feel yeah. a vom coming, come oh. up to the surface. No, no. So you can vom into the regulator. Oh, can you, you have to purge it though. It's a, it's quite the art. Have you done that? Never. No. Okay, but you just. You so, asked. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because I was like, at the top, I was like, blah, blah, blah. okay, okay. And Kate come over and she's like, I feel sick. Blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, both, we're both vomiting over the side of this boat. The fish are coming up to eat it. So we knew there were lots of fish. And uh, and then, you know, like when you feel, when you get sick or you, you are sick and then you feel great just the moment afterwards. Mm. So they were like, okay, Andy, we're going for our like third dive. And I'm like, okay, give me like two minutes. Okay, go, go, go. And I put on the stuff, regulate. And then as soon as you get below the waves, it's fine. But anyway, yes. Would science get motion or car sick? I'll field that first. Yeah. Um, my instinct says no. Okay. No, I don't think science would. And I can't give you a really good reason why it wouldn't. Well, can you think of a reason why science would be in a car or in a vehicle? I can't think of a reason. Yeah. So I think that's why yeah. science wouldn't yeah. get car sick because it would just never it has, be in a car. It has no need to travel through a mean like Ooh. through a means like that. Does, yeah. does science have a stomach to be able to vomit? Mm. Look, I, I feel like. So, are you sick because of your stomach, or are you sick because of your head? Head. So what it is? Yeah. Is it an inner ear thing? What yeah, is it? It's it's, mo- it's, it's your it's it's information coming through your eyes, not matching up with what your head's doing. Oh wow. Yeah, so I think yeah, I think science would be fine. Mm. Have you seen that? There's uh, a science experiment uh, or like a motion sickness sort of I don't know research field, 
and they have got this tube you put your head in with black and white alternating stripes that spin so your eyes follow and you get motion sickness oh i can't think of anything worse Mm. why just to torture people for science for science i saw that on a tv show with brian blessed you know the actor brian blessed brian blessed that's the guy and he was doing cosmonaut training (laughs) they put him in a chair they spun him around and they made him like touch his head to these probes or something and he he was vomiting in seconds (laughs) seconds i was like how is that possible Yeah, Shmoopy, so you don't think science uh, no, needs to travel? No, exactly. All right. What about you? Did you say an answer in the end? No, uh, look, <laughs> i tell you what, you guys have been so convincing mm. that I'm going to go with, yeah, it does get motion sickness. It's, it's rare moving, we all agree. It's moving through the lab so quickly mm-hmm. and it's so focused looking down, making sure it doesn't spill anything that it vomits because of that. Okay, oh. so just motion sickness from running, from just being while busy. Down. That's right. Okay, yeah. So I was at an Indian restaurant today. <laughs> Genuinely, I had my lunch date. Yeah, I had a well. No, they call it a lunch meeting. Was it very rich food? <laughs> was the food very rich? It was very rich. Oh, yeah, I yeah. had chicken madras. Oh my goodness, spicy! Is it? Is that well, spicy? Just a little I bit think that's spicy. A mildish one, isn't it? It's chicken me- Well, yeah, it's like spicy mild, for you medium. though. Isn't spicy it? for me. I was yeah. sweating. Oh, yeah. yeah. Beads yeah. of sweat on your forehead? Yeah. Did you I plan them. that? So you've in a lunch meeting, you don't want beads of sweat in your forehead. No. It makes you look nervous. Yeah, well, I know this guy. I know this guy. I've known him for a, uh, since. Okay. I think he, he was one of the first people to see me pitch ever. So um, ever since then, actually, he sent me a tweet which said uh, when I was pitching, I don't believe this guy is a scientist because he communicates too well. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <a> good- <laughs> nice. That's me. But so anyway, after back the meeting, to your Indian I got, meal. I, I'm I wondering home, where this is going to go. I got home and I was like, mm, that meal was delicious. Mm. And Go- was gurgling sat- away in your stomach? No, no, no. no it was fine. No it was gurgling? Just, no, it was perfect. And then I looked at Sophie. Sophie. I left Sophie alone for a bit and I was like, what's wrong, Sophie? And she started like looking at me like, this is your dog? Mm. Sophie, my dog. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sophie, my dog. She was looking at me and she was like, mm. and I was like, oh, what's wrong, Sophie? And I'd left her alone with a bone. Oh no! Right, they say never leave dogs alone with a bone. She was going like that, and I was like, "Oh no, she's choking!" Oh, right. She was like, "Oh, Heimlich maneuver on a dog." Well, she was fine. She was just like dry reaching, and then she like she she, with her nose pointed towards her bum. Oh, she was like, "Check it out!" Like so, I just I put my fingers. I was like, "I'm in. Don't worry, I'll save you." And I I looked. I put it in. She went. Right, but I could tell that she like it was fine because I was saving her. <laughs> yeah, and yep. then I opened up like a bum a little bit, and then I was like, "What's that?" She's like, oh, "Oh, oh, oh!" Right, then she spoke. No, then I ended up getting a gurgle in the old tummy. Oh no! Yeah, and I was like, "Oh no!" So I rushed to the toilet, and I was like, "Oh." Oh, and Sophie ran in. She's like still looking at me like, like put your fingers in my bum. So I'm putting my fingers in her bum. Wait, did she say then, that? Yeah, she said that out oh, loud, yeah. And, yeah. That's, that's the most amazing part of the story. Your dog speaks. Yeah, and then she was like, what is it? And I was like, it's news of the week. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Well, I knew I had a weird feeling that that was going to be the punchline to that story. Yeah, you reckon? But but you meandered back and forth a bit. I wasn't sure yeah. where it was going to come yeah. from. Yeah, maybe exactly. That's what I wanted. Sophie. Maybe it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't. I'm unpredictable like that. That could always happen. Um, so, news for the week. Yeah, I can go first because my news is going to be brief. I apologize. I've got a bit of a frog in my throat. So, I am... Sounding a little hoarse. Yeah. My voice is cracking like a teenager, so just forgive me. Uh, news. Paper accepted. Whoa, nice. Thank you. Journal Chemistry. The journal is called Chemistry, a European journal. Chemistry, comma? Uh, full colon. Full colon. A full colon. A full colon. <laughs> is it that or is it a dash? Uh, I did cut and paste and I've got full colon here. All right. Yeah. So. Nice. Uh, Impact Factor 5.16, published by your favorite publisher. Wiley. They Wiley. haven't sent me for a talk in ages. Come on, Wiley. Okay. Um, it's, it's a, a well-respected journal. It is. It's a good journal. It's a good journal. Um, Wiley do a couple of these because there's the Chemistry European Journal and there's Chemistry an Asian Journal. 
Yeah. Because we've you've got one in there. Yeah. Um, Schmoopy. I think you're on it too, aren't you? I'm on that one as well. Yeah. Great paper. Very good. Don't just wink at me. <laughs> <laughs> and this was uh, this is a Justin Chalker paper. Chalky, oh, the Chalky, Chalkmeister, Chalky boy. Excuse me. Um, and that's it. That's my news. I'm wow. just gonna. I'm just hitting Wait, you with. What's it about? Oh, what's it about? It cross-linker copolymerization for property control in inverse vulcanization. Mate, is there oh. anything that guy can't cross-link? So it's cross-link polymers in uh, Justin's sulfur polymers. Yep. And they change the properties of the material quite a lot. So it's um, it's more of a, a proper kind of hard rubber. And the optical properties can change as well. So All there's right. lots of different applications for it. So Great. Okay. Is that a, so it's not a, it sounds like a review article in the time. No, no, it's not, not, a, not a review article. It's, okay. it's a, a new material. New material. There so, you go. Well done, Justin. Yep. And uh, where are you? First author? Second author? Second. I'm not slap in the middle. I'm the second half. <laughs> I'm in is the that, second half. Is that, that better the, or worse? The third quadrant. Is what, I would, what I would say, but I can't give you the exact position. I, I didn't write out the author list. I should. Have he done does that. have quite a long author list. Um, yeah, Justin, Justin gets a lot of lot of characterization done on the polymers, so yeah. he usually has, has has a fair few people on there. Good. Well, congratulations, Gibbo and Chalky Boy. Thanks, and that's news from Gibbo. Wow, Gibbo, that is the shortest news I've know, ever ever had. Uh, no new segments. No new, no new segments this week, but but as as you'll hear me later on in, oh, in, a, in oh later on oh you're gonna have some time later on I've, I've on, got yeah? quite a bit to say later on oh love it okay great I look forward to it I look forward to it all right so just so that we don't get some needs more gibbo was a comment yeah, again that's yeah, right. yeah I don't want, I don't want from to, your nephew I don't want to let anyone down <laughs> <laughs> all right Schmootmeister what have you been up to mate all right so uh, today I I took a working from home day oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The old working from home. Very good. So you good. see, I'm not wearing my normal uh, schmick attire. I'm nope, wearing nope. quite some oh, uh, yeah. quite some weekend wear. You yeah. are, yeah. yeah. You're lounging. Yeah. That, that's, that's that is loungewear. Lounge Perfect yeah. loungewear. Yeah. It's like grey, a bit bobbly. Like you, you've worn that for a while. I would say loungewear is the best wear. Yeah. Definitely. Agreed. Do you feel the best? Well, that's why I'm wearing it. Yeah. But. I'm not wearing uh, a fancy shirt. clothes to sit in my home office. If I could clad myself in loungewear constantly, Do I it. would. Wait, I wait. would. Well, you did for a while. I did, didn't I? <laughs> that was unintentional. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and I did it for a reason. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, great. Very good. So, uh, I mentioned last week, maybe in the week before, that I I'm, was asked to mark some ARC discovery projects. So this is the Australian Research Council. Yeah. Basically the biggest round of funding in my research area that yep. comes out around every year. Mm-hmm. And I was and asked you... to mark two proposals. Okay, great. So these proposals are one was eighty-five pages and one was ninety-one uh, pages long. Yeah. How much did you get paid to do this? Zero dollars. No. <laughs> it's a part of academic citizenship. <laughs> oh, I like that academic citizenship. That's yeah. Good. Do you know That's other good. things you guys do for free? So much. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a lot of stuff. Academic citizenship. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have an academic citizen number. There <laughs> <laughs> uh, should be a bit of welfare too for the academic citizenship. There, there, there should. should be. There should be. Um, and so I had to assess these two things. Basically, let them know. Um, not just assess them. Oh, look at us! I'm sniffing your coughing. Je- oh, Jesus! Ah, oh. not just assess them and give them a score, but then I have to reason my score. Okay. Ooh. So, say I I gave a lot of Bs today. So A B C D E. So B means very high quality in the top fifteen percent of proposals. Mm. Well, uh, B B's quite high. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So A is outstanding. B is very good. C is good, and then I don't know. I, I never looked. I mean, no one's going to submit a D or an E, so I will next time just to fuck <laughs> with you. But so then I needed to write comments that were commensurate with my B. Yeah. But I'm not allowed to say in so they they don't the the people who submitted the grant don't see the score I give them, but they do see what I write. Mm. Uh, so I have to okay. write a comment that is commensurate with my my score of a B, which was very good, but not the best. But you don't want to give but them I can't false say, hope. Yeah, so I can't give them false hope because they need to be able to write rejoinders against my comments. Yeah. So I was writing things like, you know, uh, this 
project quality is very good, <laughs> aka it's getting a B. Is a B. But an outstanding proposal, I would expect to see this. Yeah. Could you leave hints like lots of capital Bs? Maybe <laughs> 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 <Yeah>, I should. <laughs> and so I, like, this was hard. I was so glad that the mm. deadline was today and that there was a deadline yeah, and that I hadn't been doing it. So I'd, I'd kind of spent maybe three days before this working on it. It's and lot, I had penciled in two half days for the last two days, but I never managed to do it. So I just mm. had today to do it. So mm. I'm just so glad that it's over. Mm. And I don't know if, if you guys experienced this when you're doing something and you know it's important, but I just was just looked at the screen, looked at what I wrote, and I just thought multiple times today, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. What you wrote or, or the... The process. I hate the process. I hate what I've done. I hate. Mm-hmm. I hate. I hate everything about what I had to do today. Yeah. Giving someone a score on how innovative their idea is. Yeah. Mm. Look. So the, the creative process that I now have to go through, like I am able to give myself a break because when I get to that stage, it normally means I've been working on it for too long and I'm not doing anyone any favors by continuing to work on it. Yeah. So then I sleep, have if I can, a whole day not doing it, then go back to it and then I go, okay, that is a bit shit, but I can make it better. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're in that headspace, you're like, Jesus, this is, I yeah. suck, this sucks. Why am I doing this? I just should just get a job in government. Yeah, but I basically, if I didn't have the deadline of today, would I would have, have been going out. through that over and over again because yeah. I don't think I'd ever be happy with how I give someone a score on these things. Yeah, you, I guess you can never be satisfied with the way you give someone a B. Yeah. Yeah. I would rather give them an A or yeah. a D. Yeah. Giving them a B saying, look, I, I see what you're doing here. It's not bad. I would do it a bit differently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the scoring here, they get 40% score if their project is innovative. So 40% goes towards innovation and 15% goes towards feasibility. It's not so much. there's a higher weighting towards how, how inventive the project is compared to how, possi- how possible the project is. That is Tesla all over. I'm going to build a big, <laughs> big tunnel thing and call it the boring company. Sounds great. Sounds great, yeah. yeah. Feasibility, Ooh, I don't know. It's a big hole, isn't it? I can do that. Yeah, and it's not, yeah. So... And my main project, me being a details guy, is that <laughs> I didn't understand what they would actually do. Yeah. So both of these projects, they had an idea and then there's a section called methodology Yeah. and I read it very carefully <laughs> <laughs> and I read it very carefully again yeah. yeah. and then I thought, hmm, I don't know what they would do and I don't know how how what metric they would use to say if they're doing it right okay so they're, they're not making a solar cell where if you get a better efficiency then mm-hmm. you're doing the, you're on the right track they're yeah. kind of doing very small idea things yeah. a very mm-hmm. fundamental science but they're not saying actually what's a tick off point to say that yep this section is done i'm going to move on to the next section mm. oh okay yeah mm. yeah i don't know is that important well if it is for the feas- for the feasibility thing, absolutely. Yeah, but it's only worth fifteen percent. Yeah. So I I really think that the so forty percent for innovation, fifteen percent for feasibility is got to be fifty five percent for both, mm. right? How can you be innovative if it's just too crazy to be feasible? Like yeah, this it, is just it, it has to be feasible. This is just inviting <laughs> craziness. Yeah. Yeah. If I were what? to market the way that it says, like I'm sure people just market that way anyway. That mm. innovation yeah. has to be feasible. Yeah, but at the same time, you do want people to take risks, right? But at the but there needs to be the reward structure in place, which means that when they say they're going to do something outlandish that maybe isn't quite as feasible as other things, that they're held accountable so that they do achieve that some way, yeah. like or an offshoot or a plan B or something. But, but they have to be able to demonstrate that they can do it. Well, I'm not not sure whether, or at least that they've thought about a number of ways in which, like, if this doesn't work, we can then try this, or mm-hmm. if this, but. Maybe that doesn't. I mean, I don't know. But, never but I, I more it, so. want like we're just going to start with this. Yeah. This is the way we're going to start. Yeah. If these things don't work, we could f- have some fallback options. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay. I don't know. Is that what I want? 
You know I don't I, know what do you want. What now? I really want is for what do you, what do you I don't want, want? What you really really want? So tell me what you want. <laughs> what you really really want? I want a hat. I want a hat. I want a hat. I want a hat. I want a really 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 want a zig zig ah. Perfect. Spice Girls reformed recently. I know, I saw that. Underwhelming, apparently. So you- only because I wasn't there singing in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when they released their first song in 1996. I said they're a flash in the pan. There'll only be one hit. Yeah, I was wrong. You were wrong, mate. You're a big man to say that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can admit when I'm wrong. <laughs> what do you really, really want, Cameron? So, Cameron, question feasibility, and, and isn't there another section? Research environment is that part of that? It's the. Uh, there's no mark for research environment. Oh, okay. All right. It is. It kind of comes in under feasibility that the yeah. resources and facilities are available, but it's not its own section. Mm. Okay. Okay. Cool. Because uh, so, they yeah. are kind of connected, really. Yeah. So if you say that you're going to measure something, but you have to invent a device to measure it, perhaps it's not. But feasibility, feasible. I guess, also means that. The whole framework or the whole idea is scientifically possible, isn't it? Yeah. So that is that, the, that, the first point in feasibility. But yeah. they do say it in such a way, like they say uh, something around the words of conceptual framework, which I, I just hate that term. <laughs> That's a classic phrase. Because <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Mm. What it should just say is, is it possible? Yeah. <laughs> you reckon this nutter will pull this off? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So anyway, so considering the time that these people took to write it, the time I've taken to mark it, Mm. and then it's all just for uh, $150,000 a year. Is it? It's just not worth it. That's like a postdoc and a little bit of money. Yeah, that's all they're asking for, and it's taken these people maybe a month to write it. It's taken me a month to mark it, and I'm one of five reviewers. For this one, for this one, oh, for this one thing. This is all effed up. This is how it typically works. So Discovery Grant usually pays for a postdoc, maybe a student, a little bit of money left over, and that's it. Effed. That is it. All right. So how about this? All right. We get rid of grants. Perfect. Sounds it's good. It's just replaced with a five-minute pitch. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And the pitch is marked by one person. Me. It can be the, like... Who, who you pitch to can be decided by your field of research codes, which we use in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's like 10 under chemistry, something like that. So yeah. someone could be responsible for five field of research codes. Yeah. They listen to every pitch in that area and then they are assigned. You can give, uh, I don't know, 10 grants mm. and that's it. It's all Done. over in an afternoon. <laughs> and a random person off the street. Yeah, actually, I really like the literally um, off like, the, uh, the the jury aspect. That it surely, yeah, it needs to contain a scientist for the feasibility thing. But if you're going for innovative, yeah, just get well, get so a jury in. Forty percent of the marks are from innovate for innovation. Yeah, why? Yeah, like the huge. pitch, like your pitches, Andy. Yeah, there's not much feasibility in your pitch. It's no. all about the innovation. It's about the sale. And so that's, I think that's all. If that's forty percent of the mark, the other. Yeah. 30% of the mark is just for the researchers. Mm. I can peruse. I can look at their track record. Yeah. I've got that information in two minutes, uh, in yeah. 30 seconds. Well, you can look at all of their H indexes if yeah. that's what we want no, to do. You Banks. just need three numbers each and yeah. you're done. Uh, Paper sites, H index. So there you go. All, all, so all these people need to do is make a five-minute proposal, present yeah. it to one person. Yeah. That person uh, is fair and kind. <laughs> <laughs> all right, there's <laughs> your giving problem. Giving power to one person is a bit of a problem. Yeah. Um. That's why I like the jewelry thing. Getting like a random group of people, like uh, from all walks of life, and they all vote. Ah, they so all sit there. So it's like, um, like actual jury duty. Yeah, but it's kind of like uh, what's it called? The X Factor. Big old room. They've got a little number pad. <laughs> I'd love Scientists to see what would happen in. to the grant. Simon Cowell sat there. <laughs> the grant talks after a while. I wonder what would happen. I bet the word laser would get used a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'd look. Considering robots. how much time this has taken and how much mm. money it's for, they could have. I mean, it is easily going to add up to that one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, I think so. Before they even give it away, what's the point? And, and they might get. And the chances are they won't win because only it's a one in five success rate. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 <sighs> it's a tough game out there. Oh well. Anyway, well that done. sucks. Yeah. All right. Now, 
I had a business lunch this week. Shut up. Now, I know, Andy, you're the business I'm lunch the guy. I'm the business lunch guy. <laughs> Not just lunch. <laughs> business lunch. <laughs> business. That's how you say it. Business. <laughs> business. <laughs> oh, what was Good it about? Good on you, Cameron. What's it about? Yeah. All right. So, Agilent, the uh, provider of chemical equipment. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, we, know them well. Uh, I asked them for a quote recently. They said- They took you for lunch. They said- I don't want to give you a quote. We'll come and meet you and chat. They met us and chat. And then the next week they took us out to lunch. Oh. And not only lunch, how well do you know I'm not I'm gonna say in a, a restaurant in Adelaide. Okay. He's not gonna to want to know, is he? TGI Fridays. <laughs> it is not Charlie's. Charlie's. <laughs> he has no I'm idea. Geez, Charlie's or go, McDonald's. I wasn't gonna go that posh. <laughs> <laughs> a Malfi. Nope, you lost me. Oh, you All don't right. know Amalfi? No. What is it? Oh, it's a very good uh, Italian restaurant. Okay. Oh, wow. Just off uh, um, Frome Street, I think. All right. So, this is Salesman 101, right? Meet up with you. Find out your biggest challenges. Yeah. They would have done. They would have gone through this process where they push the pain points potentially. Mm-hmm. So, hey, what are you trying to do? Why are you struggling? Oh, that sounds really tough. Yeah, that's really tough. Why is it so tough? Do you reckon that will change if we don't blow? Like, really go yeah. there. Find out what you need. And then, and then there's this thing called uh, essentially it's reciprocity. Help me. Reciprocity. That one. Reciprocity. Uh, we'll buy you a lunch. You buy hundred thousand dollars worth. Exactly. Of but at least you will certainly <laughs> that feel. Seem equal. No, but you'll certainly feel there's like this desire in people to to balance everything up. Yeah. And it doesn't matter about money. It's like, hey, we did you a favor. Mm, mm. Now you feel like you owe us something, and we know you need this thing, or you're inquiring about yeah. this thing because you've told us. You, you've oh, told geez, us. We I'm, know about all your problems. I'm hey, a sucker for a, that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Wow. Uh, what happened? Well, so, uh, yeah, we're going to buy everything. It worked. So, you missed out one thing was the, the heaping me with praise part. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm a sucker for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, buy anything, man. These guys, they, they said um, two quotes that I want to share with you. Now, I was going to brag about this about how good I am, but it mm. seems like it's, it's a uh, sales tactic. It's how sales tactic I was. Yeah, okay. okay. All right. Now, there were two people who uh, are, are aware of my research and one new guy. Yeah. So, that were the two guys who knew about the research were talking to the new guy. The new guy. And they, were, and they said, referring to me, these guys know what they're doing. Oh, when, uh, it, when it comes to gas chromatography, oh, I love those uh, words. I love those words. Uh, how did that make you feel? All right. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. And he said, "We would like to direct other research groups to you in order to sh- for you to show them how to run experiments." Mm. Wow, that must make so, you feel like you're the that king. good. How good am I at gas you're chromatography? That good. And also, they don't need to train anyone up anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Clever. These guys are working on lots of levels, aren't they? They sent three people for this one. I guess it's worth it. If they're closing a deal like that every week, say, that's a load of money. Well, I don't know how much profit they'd make. Mm. So, yeah. So, we're looking So what we, we're looking at buying $80,000 worth of equipment. Yeah. Uh, probably in two lots. So, one thing and then a second thing. Yeah. So it probably would be worth it to them. Absolutely, um, absolutely, yeah. And we have also before I arrived at the group, they'd already paid, they'd already bought forty five thousand dollars worth of stuff. So, mm. oh, wow. Uh, but Agilent, a, a good good gas chromatography, and uh, I like the the sales people though. Yeah, quite well, nice. the, this is great because you're now an internal champion, right? It's not your money. That's yeah. the thing, but you're the users but they need you to be your internal champion to be yeah. like yeah look these guys know what they're doing let's buy it. like they need mm-hmm. you to be complicit yeah in the whole well scheme I, I haven't even asked another company for a quote because you like them that much yeah oh wow mate yeah. you want to you want to see these guys panic ask another company ask for another a quote. Co- and then tell them you've asked another company for a quote and watch them take you out for an even better yeah, meal. The, <laughs> other, the other the other company they could heap even more praise upon yeah you. imagine yeah. that you should have a praise we'll off. Go to a restaurant that Andy's aware of after. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> mate, you'll go to too posh stuff for me. I mean, I thought I was up there, but not that posh. All right, me. Very good. Uh, very short, but uh, lecturing. I have now been officially welcomed 
as a lecturer. Are you, are you a, a professor? Are you going to call yourself Professor Look, Stapleton? Yeah, I think so. Why not? I'm going to change my LinkedIn to Professor Stapleton. <laughs> Prof Stapleton. Um, so I'm lecturing into the Communicating Science course at Uni Adelaide, which is like a winter school. So it's uh, four weeks. It's an intensive course over the over the break. So can anyone join? Uh, I think, I mean, anyone enrolled at Adelaide Uni, they do it for, I think there's two levels. There's like a second year and a third year kind of level to each thing. Okay. So undergraduate, second undergraduate, year, undergraduate, yeah. third year. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's really good. So I'll be doing science writing, um, oral presentations, which is anyway, Ooh. which is yeah, strange. Uh, Twitter. They wanted one on Twitter, and I'm now fighting that because I'm like, Twitter is dead. Twitter is just full of outraged people. The mm. only way to get attack, a, attention on Twitter these days is to be upset about something. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, you go, you go, girlfriend, like all that sort of stuff. And yep. I'm like, what? Yep. That it's, is the it's only way. Outrage culture. Outrage culture. That's the only mm. way to get noticed. Anyway, so you know, I saw uh, your your mate Paul Willis gave a chat to um, people my level at Uni oh, Adelaide yeah. about. Yeah. I think about social media presence. Yes. And he did talk about Twitter. Oh man, he's he's he's. And uh, nah. he, uh, I did Old not times. learn. I did not learn a thing from a sixty-year-old man t- talking to me about Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, look, it's just anyway. So there's way better ways to promote your work than getting it out on Twitter. Anyway, so I'll, yeah. I'll be going in. I'll be changing up their course a little bit, which is great. And they've said I can do that. Well done, well um, done, BA. Yeah, video, uh, other thing. Anyway, Prof Stapleton. Great. Prof. Yeah, that's right. Were well, you guys in this research field? I work at a uni. You're already a lecturer. I'm already a lecturer, guys. Well, you, you guys, are. you're you wasting are. your time mm. doing your old research business. You need to leave. We are, I guess. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, my beard's going well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's really filled out in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, there's a little bit of scraggleness, yeah, but you are going to yeah. sort that out, aren't you? So, uh, I'm waiting for it to choose a direction, which I'm hoping is down. Yep. Because it's still a little bit, like, weird, a little bit, like, spiky. But I'm going to let it grow out for a couple of weeks. And then I found a man, I told you over dinner, I found a man with a beautiful beard who's a hairdresser, and he will be shaping my beard for me. Wow. I cannot wait. It will probably cost me like a hundred dollars. <laughs> anyway, boom, boom. It's time for topic of the day. Topic of the day. Yeah. Wow. Come on, Andy. Um, Don't. Showboat us. Oh, sorry, guys. I was Mariah. I was channeling <laughs> Mariah Carey. You do every other intro yourself. Oh, One that's intro true. that we get to that's order together, true. and you have to Mariah Carey it. Sorry, it's guys. my voice really let us down yeah. that time. I'm sorry. Oh, that's well. You're sick. Hmm. You're a yours, sick yours, man. Yours was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you're right. No, I am showboating. That's right. right. Um, Gibbo, mm. this comes from you. What's been on your mind? So, uh, interestingly. I've been thinking a bit about how important is teaching to the career of a balanced academic. Yeah. So we talk, we are mainly research focused, I think, on what we talk about. Teaching does come into it occasionally. Yeah. But I've been thinking lately, how important is the teaching side for a balanced academic? So a balanced academic is supposed to have, I believe, one third research, one third teaching, and one third is sort of administra- administration and professional development, something mm. like that. So I've been reading grant applications and they say 40, 40, 20. Oh, what's the, 40, oh, what's 40, the 20? 20 is administration. Okay, so 40, 40 teaching, 40 40, 40, 20. And so this is your classic permanent position at a university, your tenured, your tenured, uh, your tenured professor. Um, this is the type of role that we're yeah, talking yeah. about. And so, I mean... This is off. This is off the top of my head a bit, but uh, but usually research has a few components. Research will have publications. It'll have supervision. So supervising students is a, is considered a research activity. Yep. Um, and funding. So research is kind of split up into three things. That seems like a full time job. <clears throat> yeah, that's a lot. Well, teaching. Teaching is lecturing. What else is teaching? I'm a lecturer. Topic coordinating. I'm not topic coordinator. I don't know where the line is between where administration comes into things like topic coordination, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I would have maybe thought that it comes was under teaching. teaching. Yeah, I would say yeah. that was teaching uh, for administration. I that's a bit vague for me as well, but I think that's committees, meetings, 
Um, service to the community is that an administrative <laughs> thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, you say second. To, oh, service to the community. That was supposed to be confused. <laughs> oh, why would we do? That? I'm, not, I'm not sickened by service yeah. to the community. No, uh, service, yeah, you're a lion member, no? Yeah, I am. I'm a lion. Service member. to the community comes under academic citizenship. Oh, <laughs> of course. A load of wank in this podcast, which you do, which is another twenty on top of the forty, forty, yeah, twenty. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe running labs or um, developing developing lectures as well as delivering lectures. Okay, yeah, yeah, that that would be. Come on, is reviewing theses and things like that considered an administrative thing? Any isn't it anything you're doing basically to help promote the university as well? All that sort of thing. Yeah, that's administrative. Oh, you want to help you. help the university run? Yeah. Um, but of those three things, people, what do you think brings the most money into the university? Teaching. Yeah, is that, that's probably fair to say, isn't it? So even though we're very research-focused, I feel myself I have been underestimating the role of teaching in perhaps a balanced academics career. Mm. Um, and I guess with, 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 with uh, research, it is kind of diluted into three things. So you could bring in lots of money and supervise lots of students mm -hmm. and you'd probably get away with publishing a few less papers. Yeah. And if you've got a lot of papers and you're supervising a huge number of students, you might get away with not bringing in as much funding. Mm. Um, but but teaching, I think, you've teaching's like teaching's teaching. You're you got to do a lot of teaching. Yeah, there's no way around it. Teaching has always been used as what I can only describe as a punishment for those <laughs> who have not performed well particularly in terms of bringing in grant money or publishing a lot i think it definitely has an impact on research yeah so if it, if an academic balanced academic feels that they've got too much of a teaching load then it can definitely affect their um i think a lot of them would say that it would affect their research output potentially yeah. but then people that like it's a vicious circle yeah. downward spiral that is when when the department notices you're not publishing very much they give you more teaching to you know, make sure you're doing something of value. Yeah. Earning your money. Earning your keep. Yeah. And then you do more teaching, then you research, blah, 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 folk. But so in terms of how important is teaching to the career of a balanced academic, well, very important because it's balanced, but to a researcher in general, it seems like the kiss of death. I mean, like you'd love to think back to researchers like um, the professional professors, what are they called? The ones that Flinders Uni brought in? The... Oh, Distinguished some, professors, what yeah, are they called? I, I, I wasn't at Flinders when these people uh, came in, but yeah, they brought in some special uh, ones who just did research. Yeah, and that, and so clearly, like, they couldn't manage or do what the university wanted with a teaching load. Yes, so, yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, so in terms of, uh, is it important to the career of a balanced academic? It sounds like it's only good if you can actually genuinely keep it balanced. But to the university, yeah. overall, teaching's absolutely crucial. Yeah, well, I mean, well, that's international they, students, right? That's where the that's where the money. There's a is. lot of money in students, so they want to make sure the teaching is it's not slipping yeah. at all. So because that's where they're going to make all their dough. Yeah. What about you? Schmitz? Yeah, I didn't. I, I, I didn't think that we'd go down this path in our discussion. So I didn't look up any stats, which you know I like to bring. Oh, you love yep. your stats. But I do want to know how a university's income breakdown does compare between like your the actual money they get from tuition fees yes. versus like the research block grants or mm. the res the federal research money they get for teaching. I yeah. uh, wonder how important if it is uh, how those three things actually stack up. Mm. But I, 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 like you guys, I do imagine that the actual money from tuition fees and what they get from the federal government for teaching is probably outweighs any research money? Yeah, I would almost say research in a way to university is a cost. Well, yeah, but they yeah, but they want it for prestige. Yes. yes which yes. has an intangible value to then hopefully get more students to, to join. Be like, oh well, because Wi Fi was invented there or Yeah. Oh, CSIRO. Yeah. Not in Flinders. <laughs> no. So Shit. what what rabbit hole did did you want to go down on this one, Shmoopy? Ah, so I was just saying, so I was, I was, um, so you both, you guys both know that I applied for a lecturing job recently. Yes, sure did. And they had a question in there that I had to explain in the position description. One of the key criteria mm -hmm. was that I understand 
the nexus between teaching and learning, research and scholarship. Ooh, nexus. The nexus. Nexus mean? So I, I, I had to look it up. It means that one doesn't happen without the other. So, like the sim- mm. no, it's not even symbiotic in that sense. Well, is yeah, it? Like, symbiotic you know or syner- yeah. synergetic, I yeah. think, is when synergy. Yeah, great word. So the the idea that I had to describe for this job application was that I understood that you can't be a good researcher without also being a good teacher. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so yep. I thought we were maybe going to discuss that. So mm. oh, we can, of course. Is it possible to be a good teacher without being a good researcher? And have we seen examples in our uh, careers as a student or as a, a postdoc or as a PhD student of people who exemplify this nexus. Mm. So, so the... I definitely know people who are very good researchers but not good teachers. And, and, and academics are not taught how to teach, really. No. Not really. I mean, the, there are some professional development courses you can take, but it's not like becoming a, a primary or a high school teacher where you're spending years learning how to teach. Mm. There's nothing like that. So, you know, I, I really feel like the shift for, in universities around teaching is that they uh, the students want to be taught by someone actually doing the job, like not a theoretical thing. It's like uh, a lot of the people I follow on LinkedIn, like they're marketers, but they teach into marketing courses. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's why I've got this Uni Adelaide position is because I've done a fair bit of science communication now for the last two years. And they're like, oh, well, he's doing it. Yeah. Like he continues to do it. He's done writing, videos, podcasting, blah, blah all the things. Yeah. The students respond well when they know that you're doing the job you're teaching them about. It's not like a theoretical okay. construct for the, the teacher. So in science, I imagine that it it would be good yeah. as long as you can link the the content to your work Mm-hmm. Or at least maybe in the later years. I'm sure that's so, really tough early on. I can tell you that when I was going through university as an undergraduate, I had no idea that the people giving me lectures did anything other than give lectures. Yeah, okay. I did not know that they did research. When yeah. did you When did you find out when you did honours? Yeah, okay. when I started doing research with them. Uh, you're like, oh, I found- <laughs> this is why you're busy. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is why I never did a class which, which learnt in these labs. Yeah. Very good. So did you know when you went through? Be honest. I, I, I did. When don't, I was, don't brag. No, no, no. no. When, when I was doing my undergrad, I did, I did know that they, uh, they did other things apart from lecturing. They, but they were you aware of what research topic each one of your lectures or your main oh, lecturers did? Uh, I knew, so my physics lecturers, I, yeah, I was aware of some of them, certainly not all of them, certainly not all of them. I mean, the theoretical ones, I knew they were theoretical physicists. Mm. But they tended, they tended to teach in the areas that they did research in, so I kind of knew for that reason. Mm. Probably not my first year I would have known, but second and third year I worked it out. So in my first year, like, I was just so focused on getting drunk and passing that I'm not sure I really knew what anyone was doing. Yeah. Just turn up to lectures. <laughs> Even yourself. Get in, the informa- yeah, get in the information and leave. I remember the moment where we were sat, it was uh, maybe second year, and I'm not sure whether it was an aha moment or whether or not, I, it, I don't know, but I was sat talking to one of the demonstrators in a lab. We used to have six-hour labs in the UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, us too. Yeah, good. Yeah, you're not that special. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Six hours, mate. You poor buggers. Ugh. Easy. Six hours. Is that all? I work. I do eight <laughs> hours a day. <laughs> yeah. I remember you used to do that. almost a full oh. day's work. Yeah. Oh man, it was intense. It used to seem like a lot back then. Oh, it did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Six hours in a lab. Mm. It's insane. You poor thing. Um, uh, but I remember sitting in those six hours. It, it's a lot. It's not. It is. It's not a whole day's work. No, it's not. But as an undergrad, <laughs> it's like an hour in the lecture room and then like six hours in the lab. And all, and your, also, ma- all your mates doing commerce and business yeah. probably had 12 hours a yeah. week. One of my mates was doing uh, anthropology. She had four contact hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sat in this six-hour lab Poor thing. and waiting for something to happen. And I was speaking to the demonstrator and I think I assumed that they were just being paid by the uni to demonstrate. Yep, me too. Yeah. And she was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, uh, this professor does the blah, blah. And I was like, oh, right. So there's like, I never knew what the professors did. But by the end of maybe that year, I knew what the postdocs and PhD students were doing. Mm -hmm. And 
I learned that if you were bad and you wanted to waste some time with them, you just ask them about their research and they talk about it for hours. Oh, very good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like that, like a teacher that likes motorbikes or something. You're like, sir, mm. what motorbikes do you wear? And you're just like, oh, thank God that's half uh, hour you're wasted. You're gaming it. You're yeah, gaming yeah. it. Well done. Six hour labs, mate. It's insane. Mm. Um, so where were we? <laughs> yeah, no idea. <laughs> so we were talking about the idea of how how aware are students that oh, okay. the yep. their yep. professors actually, who are teaching them actually also do research? Yeah. And so is it a problem? So I I feel like the classes I had in chemistry, physical chemistry and physics, what I was taught was fundamental things. Yeah. Which were like a hundred years old or fifty years old, but the research isn't that stuff. Like yeah. what you actually do in research, even though it's based in these fundamental things, yeah. they kind of don't get around to it yet. Or maybe mm. they get around to it at third year or fourth year level. Mm. Um, so I know that in, in Germany, the everybody was doing master courses and their master course was basically their research topic. Right. So the, the group I was in, there was a master course on nanocarbon hybrids, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we did. But I didn't come across that really at... Flinders Uni, that people actually taught their own research in a in a class. Mm. Yeah, people didn't mm. teach their own research, and uh, in, in my undergraduate until the fourth year. Yeah. I remember doing specific courses on their like actual actual research. Yeah, and then but, but that was it. But that's but is it an actual research because it's it's key for you to learn, or is it like? A little bit of a marketing exercise, yeah, absolutely. Trying to get some research students interested to, to work with yeah. them. So that's definitely one of the nexuses, the nexi <laughs> of teaching I. and research. Is is it is a way to recruit students um, into a research group? Yeah. So I think that's definitely well, that's definitely an about, important part of it. So we always talk about him, but old Chalky Boy, mm. Justin Chalker, Chalkster, he is probably one of these people. Not only, I think, does he do teaching because he sees the benefits in terms of great students and whatever else, but I think he actually likes it. He's published papers in teaching. Yeah. He's, he's done undergrad labs where they've actually published work. Yeah. So he's got undergrads on the papers. Yeah. So if we're using Chalky Boy... And that's a very boy, good output. Yeah, if we're using Chalky as, like a, as a great academic who's heading the right way, then surely that's it, it's teaching the nexus that he's... Found. He's got it well balanced. He's I working. Think. Yeah. I, I think if you can do innovative things in teaching and then connect it to research, that's that's pretty amazing mm. and kind of rare. Mm. I mean, how often do you hear about undergrads getting their name on papers coming out of labs they're doing? Mm. That's pretty rare. So that's he's definitely got a good nexus point there. Mm. Um, <laughs> but uh, I guess how, how, how does teaching – how does delivering uh, – a lecture on modern chem help your research? So uh, the only real answer is that the first time I lectured these things, I learned a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had to relearn some modern chem. Yeah, of yeah. course, of course. And yeah. so my basics become a lot better yeah. when I have to teach it and it's the third time I've I've come across these things. That's yeah. a fair point. That's a fair um, point. So... I, that helps me a lot. And sometimes these fundamental things are actually the explanation for yep. some things that you see in, in your work or what someone else is coming across that you that you find out. Mm. Yeah, um, otherwise, or, yeah, or modern, is, that, is modern chemistry is that the first year? Is that what first year chemistry so, is yeah, called? Yeah, that? that's just an example of one of the first year subjects. Um, otherwise, I don't know. So the ability to accurately do a titration. Um, yeah, I guess you've got to have some skill. But so does that mean? Let's imagine I get now in I lecture. I'm lecturing chemistry, not just psychom. Like, does it mean that my lectures are worse than someone who is an active scientist? No, not necessarily. You could be a very, very good active scientist, but not a good communicator. Yeah, and then the other way around. At what point? At what around. year level of teaching do you think that changes? Where your research is a genuine benefit to your lecturing. So I think that so we're, we're, we only can really talk about chemistry and physics, yeah, because that's all we know about. Yeah, I think that it only will come up in the third or fourth year okay. when people are ready to 
to learn about what we actually do research the in. advanced topics yeah. so it's when when you start talking about the things which are from the last five years mm. which just doesn't happen until really late at least when i so I, I did an undergraduate 15 years ago now whoa but you're this, old this never you're older than me this never uh it, they just didn't come up or if they talked about their research i just glazed my eyes and waited until they stopped blabbering on because well, i was i right. knew it wouldn't be in the exam yeah <laughs> not in the exam move on wasting so, my time if you sat through my lectures you'd have been glazed over in the first 10 seconds uh, i talk about myself and my research first slide well first slide i explain who i am and what i do whoa straight away so I, I i do think that's good and it does give some context to areas so i did have a note written down like has anyone found come across a lecturer who talks about their own research too much <laughs> and and chris i do know that you use your own work quite a lot in your i um, do yeah I fourth do. year level talk i, I don't do, know about other I classes i use data from the equipment i talk about my research i actually get them to read your our graphene papers. thickness paper yeah i know and they have to answer questions on it yeah uh, um uh, so i do get i get do get them to do a lot of that sort of stuff and I show I do instrument demonstrations for them, and I bring in parts of the machines mm. and, and get them now pass it around. They seem to like it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no one, no one gets up and no storms. One no one's fallen asleep yet. Yeah, but I think that it might be, like with your stuff. Like you are a very good scientist who actually do th- you you try and do, do things you? correctly. I try. There are some scientists around who might cut a corner here or there. Mm. A little cheeky corner. And uh, maybe some of the things they've published, they might not exactly be able to reproduce. Okay. I'm wondering if these lecturers, if they are talking about their own research and it's a bit dodgy, it's then is it's, it's then bad teaching, isn't it? Yeah. I'd Absolutely. say so, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's unethical <laughs> from the start and you're just like <laughs> passing on, hey, guys. Read my paper, but <laughs> hey, little secret, can't reproduce it. <laughs> well, what happened if a student came up with an actual, found a fatal flaw in the work? I know, how embarrassing. <laughs> this isn't possible. Uh, yeah, no, that's interesting. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's the way it goes sometimes, I think. Mm, mm. So what about this? So I noticed as a honours student that people generally so at, at the honors level is when we do our first big research project that i think that so, is typically where you really start doing science so in australia other countries they, they would do undergraduate research projects um but we would do a six-month project in our fourth year oh yeah and then yep, probably yep, yep. do our phd in the same group yeah. for the next three to four five years yeah yes. so that Getting the honors students is actually pretty competitive mm-hmm. between the mm-hmm. research leaders. Yep. And I noticed that people chose, and I'm one of these, they chose the lecturer who they liked. Mm-hmm. They didn't choose, yep. they didn't necessarily choose the research project they were most interested in. It's kind of a balance between who they liked and a general field of research. So this mm-hmm. guy teaches chemistry and I like him. I'll do whatever he does. Yeah. So what's the instinct there, do you think? Is it if I like them, it'll I'll have a better time doing doing my PhD? Do you think is that what it is? I think so. Yeah. So you you gotta have someone that you actually wanna spend six months. So a, I could a do year a, with. a project I'm interested in, but that person I'd work with would be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Stuff that. Yeah. Mm. All their lectures are too hard. Their oh, yeah. project's yeah. probably gonna be too hard as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, there. Oh, yeah. That, there's a logic to that. So, but I don't think that's the nexus my job application was asking me for. <laughs> the not. nexus that <laughs> students students choose to go with who they like the best. Yeah. Because then you would just give them all good marks. You would yeah. give them all easy lectures. Yeah. Uh, and maybe try and make it chuck in some interesting bits here and there. Mm. 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 All right. So we've all been in the area for a while now. Do you think there's a correlation between research excellence and teaching excellence? Uh, good researchers always good teachers and vice versa. So definitely not that one. Good researchers aren't always good teachers. Yeah. But I feel like good teaching, there's, uh, oh, I'm just scanning the yeah. Th- and no, I don't think there is a correlation. Okay, Chris, I think going- there are times when it does match, mm-hmm. but it's not a it's correlation. Relatively uh, random. Yeah, yeah, I probably can think of 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 someone who's good at both. 
someone who's and someone who's good at one or the other. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's 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 kind of like a third, a third, a third. I'd say. Yeah. 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 So I don't think there is necessarily so that correlation. Seems relatively random. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. So you guys. So I can uh, think I of can't. I can think of people who are good at both. I can think of people who are bad at both. Yep. And I can think oh, of I forgot about one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> There's quadrants. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I can't think of a strong correlation there, to be honest. No. All right. All right. So if the people who are reading my job application are listening, <laughs> I do understand of the nexus between teaching research and uh, everything else. Yeah, we just talked about it for ages. Yeah. There you go. Our next section is not science this, because do you remember last time I told you we're bored of it? Mm, um, we need something new. We need something new, something no, fresh. No, we're not good at it anymore. Yeah, we're not good at it. We were, yeah, that's right. I think we've used all of our science transferable skills. Um, so, uh, Gibbo, yeah. what have you got for us? So we've got a game, what? and I think, who, who proposed this game? I did. It was, it was UBA, hey. and it's called... Spot the fake. Spot the fake. So I've got um, I've got five separate games to play, and I want you guys to guess out of the titles of these papers, yeah. which one is the fake. Nice. All right, I can do this. Yep, you can do this. And I think I've mixed it up with not just papers. There's definitely one that is not guessing which is a fake paper, but which yeah. is a fake. You can love this. A fake tweet. Yeah, okay. Ooh, that's going to be hard. <clears throat> Oi, you stop looking. I can see you spy, trying to spy oh, the answers. should have been. Okay, spot the fake. Are we ready? So there's three and one of them is fake. Three and one of them okay, is fake. Good. So these are the titles of three papers. Yeah. The physical price of a ticket into space. Mm-hmm. Title one. Title two. Fuel is the problem. How interstellar travel will always be limited by using conventional rocket-based propulsion systems. Title two. And the last one, stability of satellite motion in Earth-Moon system. That's the third one. All right. That is surprisingly well difficult. Well done, Chris. Well done. You've uh, yeah. made a good fake title in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, sure all right, go so on the first go. one was the physical cost. I wonder what the physical cost could possibly mean. Ticket to space. Well, that's oh the no, physical cost. Like, is through. it money or is it the physical cost? The like ah, momentum. What momentum has to get taken over? Well, that's. A I good, think it doesn't quite make sense. Well, there, so I'm going to say number one's the fake. There, there is there are lots of physical costs because if you're up there long enough, there's a physical cost to your actual body. Mm. Ah, Zero okay. G is very bad on your body Yeah, very People bad. waste away Alright yeah. I'll, I'll take them one at a time Let's go backwards So stability of satellites That mm. sounds boring enough to be a paper That <laughs> sounds so like And it did end oh, with some strange thing Like that, space moon It didn't quite make I mean come on It is me doing this <laughs> That is easily something I could, I could come up with Yeah, yeah. No look it's boring enough that I I think I feel like it's real. So so you would say third one's real? Real. Okay. Yeah. I okay. reckon it's boring. Like, yeah, there's pe- definitely people there talking about that. All right. Very good. Very good. Uh, fuel is the problem. How can we blah, blah, blah. I feel like that one is the fake hmm. because fuel is the problem is a very broad statement that's like, that's our problem. Here it is. And then I understand. And it's, it feels like something that isn't couldn't be a paper like it feels it's, like it's a line from a movie yeah something like that yeah um and then the ticket uh ticket to space like the cost of fuel like i, I get it like because you need to have engineering you need to have a launch pad you need to have a weather window you need to have bodies you need to have training astronaut training like i reckon the ticket to space thing is an actual like economic study mm-hmm. on how much it costs to go from nothing to space so that makes sense to me. We did a similar thing for solar panels once, like the economic cost benefit of solar panels in the old group. In the old group. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, look, I'm going to say two. Okay. Fuel is the problem, is the fake. So, Smoopy, you are physical price of yep. the ticket and you are fuel is the problem. Yep. Fuel is the problem, is the fake. Yeah! Yes. Well done, Andy. Ah, oh, Smoopy. I shouldn't have put fuel as the problem. 
Yeah. I was kind of like going for that title, you know, sometimes people, people want, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one was from the Journal of the British British Interplanetary Society. It's got 22 sites. Yeah. And the last one has one site <laughs> from the same journal. And the yeah, second one wasn't real. It's boring as shit, that fucking third one. No one understands. <laughs> I reckon your fake one's got more sites. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, well, I looked at the title of mine, I was like, that is brilliant. Yeah, that is brilliant. I did would you, cite that. That's did right. you paste that into a search engine to ensure it isn't a real journal? Actually, that, I never tried that. <laughs> it would be out there. Maybe I read it. Anyway. Um, okay, That's game good. two. All right. Again, we've got three um, paper titles. Guess the fake one. All right. Skeletal muscle power. A critical determinant of physical functioning in older adults. Title one. Title two. Designing exercise regimens to increase bone strength. That was title two. Title three. Body fat testing. A comparison and review of current methods. That was number three. All right, wow. you've done well again, Chris. You yeah. are you are good at making you're really fake. Good at, yeah. You're good at this. Yeah. I mean, I've written a lot of papers, so I know how to sound papery. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shmoopy, take them one at a time. What was the first one? Skeletal so, muscle power. <clears throat> skeletal muscle power, a critical determinant of physical functioning in older adults. So I think that that one is very similar to Chris talking about himself <laughs> because he's an older adult. He believes he has power. <laughs> And he is a strong-boned person. He probably thinks that it mostly comes from his big-boned nature <laughs> that his muscle power comes. So even though it sounds like a journal article, I am leaning towards that one All right. mm-hmm. because he is the type of person who would sneak in a brag. Well, I mean, <laughs> you are... I mean, yes, obviously that is possible, knowing me. But do you remember the next one? So the second one was designing exercise regimens to increase bone strength. That was the second title. Yeah. So I doubt... Hmm, now, would you Google... Would you search for this because you want to increase your bone strength? I do love bone strength. I can't deny it. And I'm, I'm an older man, so, you know. And it's... That one is like a as a simpler title. It might be easier to write as a fake. Hmm. All right. What's the third one? Body fat testing. A comparison and review of current methods. Mm, so, like the second one, that's like a very easy, easily written title. Like, and, just yeah, anyone can come up it with is. that. It's true. It's true. Now, um, the top but, one's got is, is kind of a little bit specific. Uh, yeah, some bigger words in there. <laughs> I'm not helping him. No. I? All right. <laughs> but I, I just think that because the first one has a brag in it. Yeah. <laughs> you are Christopher T. Gibson. That's true. I think the first one's the the fake. Okay. Okay. All right. Smoopster. That's not. I'm not a smooth, <laughs> Shit, sir. Sorry. Jesus Christ! I've All got right. him rattled. Yeah, yeah that's right. He's rattled. Yeah, he's rattled. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Body fat. I'll take him in opposite order again. Uh, body fat determining new methods. I mean, how many methods do we need? Oh, there's loads. There's. But uh, like inside, outside. <laughs> oh. Okay. Do you know is what, what I mean? Like, yeah, like, well, body fat, right? Like, because mm-hmm. it's all of it. Like, you can buy scales now that run a little current through your little fat So there are feet. lots of different methods, but do they all come up with the same one? That's the question. Mm. And so that's, I think, what the review article's about. Do you? You didn't you've read got, them. Because you've got... <laughs> well, I mean, well, I read some. All right, that one's the fake. All right, and then let's have a look. Uh, bone density regimes. Uh, yeah, look, I think that's fine because there's lots of interest. And the skeletal muscle power. Skeletal muscle. Pa- that's a weird fucking phrase. Skeletal. <laughs> yeah. Skeletal muscle power is so. All right. That's the fake. So his lack of poker face <laughs> helped well, you last week with yeah. the science heads and is helping you this week with yeah. this. Yeah. All right. Skeletal muscle power. That so is you're a both not, going for skeletal muscle Yeah, that power. is not right. the right. That's the fake one. Yeah. No, it's body fat testing. No! <laughs> that had me. 
<gasps> now, I have to admit, like, I that first one, I really went looking for something that I that thought was... you guys would think. <laughs> so, so I got to give you some kudos for choosing that because I, I looked long and hard to find something that I thought. Uh, well <laughs> I put in search terms like muscle, power, and I, and I put in older. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I came up with that and I was like, they'll have to think I did that one. Yeah. And then body fat testing is so boring and generic. Yeah. I thought that might slip through. Yeah. No, well done. Um, look, I think that's good. Do you want to yeah. save those for next time? You're I don't mind. Ones for next one. I think that's good. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't, I've got, I've got three more. Yeah. All right. Music is provided by the awesome Adelaide-based band Voice Rom. Go check out their stuff on their Bandcamp website. Also, remember to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast app, like our Facebook page, join in the forum Andy at andymatter.net and leave us a review on wherever you get this podcast because that helps a heap. Cameroon. You were just listening to Published Perishall Podcast and it was brought to you by our future sponsor, Agilent. Oh. Agilent Offer to buy a GC And you might get a free lunch oh. Yeah In the fancy plan. You're getting more stuff Coming your oh. way Shmoozy. Well done Well done Final farewells Goodbye Goodbye Bye